This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. <laughs> From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Mike Grimm joining us uh, via telephone from the Twin Cities. And uh, Grimmer, while we're into the offseason now for, you know, basketball, hockey still playing. I'll ask you about that here in just a little bit with both Gopher teams uh, alive and and, and uh, fighting on still and the Gopher women in the Frozen Four. But I wanted to ask you about the um, pro day uh, that the Gophers held yesterday. They had quite a few guys uh, attend the workout. Tell us how that went a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So this is an annual thing that most teams will will host uh, one of these things, and it allows for uh, NFL scouts, um, occasionally coaches. Um, the entire Vikings uh, coaching staff was there, including Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, and also Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the uh, general manager. Obviously, it's local, easy for them to get there, and I thought that was cool. Um, and, uh, you know, they estimated there was maybe 40 to 45 total scouts and uh, 10 former Gophers, and then there were a few other guys as well. There was a guy from Minnesota Duluth. There was a guy from St. Thomas, you know, a few guys that um, are also local that uh, – um, you know, the pro scouts that said, Hey, we're interested in, in him. And, you know, they're not going to have their own pro day. Can he come? And so they had a couple of those as well. So 10 former gophers and uh, basically it's, it's like their own little mini combine, you know, um, for most of the gophers, it was, uh, you know, you, you, you run the 40, you do the, whatever, three cone relay, the, whatever they call it. Um, they did bench press um, and then they did some individual drills as well. And, and um, it gives them an idea, a little in person. And, you know, there were a bunch. I know Alabama had its pro day yesterday, and it doesn't have to be yesterday, but I mean, probably more coincidence than anything. But uh, like I said, most of the teams have it. And it's good for Minnesota, it's gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, 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 the um, amount of talent that uh, PJ Flacking Company have recruited. Uh, or has recruited onto campus has grown to the point where um, this this is a, a pretty big event. Yeah, that's for sure, especially John Michael Schmitz. It's always nice when you have kind of a bell cow out front that immediately is going to draw more scouts because he's a potential first-round pick. Then that gives him a chance to see all of these other guys in shorts and T-shirts and, and uh, moving around and see what they look like uh, athletically. But but it has to help to have such a highly rated prospect. Everybody else kind of benefits from that. Yeah, no, 100%. That's it, you know, and he's, you know, he's – uh, you know, certainly could f- figure out a way to be a first round pick. You know, it's one of those weird things because he's, um, you know, he, he's going to be a center probably. I mean, that's all he played at college. And so it really is what teams could use a center, you know, and up until two days ago, the Vikings were probably in that boat. I, I, I was a little surprised they, they did sign Garrett Bradbury to come back. They, uh, did not offer him that fifth year deal on um, on his rookie contract, so I thought that probably meant they were moving on. But as it uh, turns out, they ended up signing him, so the Vikings are probably off the board. And so all of a sudden, that becomes you know one less spot that um, that he's probably going to get drafted to. Um, um, I, I heard Seattle, um, and I'm not sure exactly where they pick in that first round, but Seattle does not have a starter. I'm sorry, does not have a center 
on its roster as of right now. So that, so that could be a possibility. And I think the reviews for John Michael um, have been great. Um, his, his film is good, obviously. I mean, he's graded out as the second best center in the country last year behind the kid from Iowa, who was a first round pick for the Ravens. And then this year he was the top ranked uh, blocking center uh, by pro football focus. Um, you know, which they kind of do their own thing and, yeah. uh, and, and, and do some individual stuff. So he's, he's, you know, he's old. And I think, I think for a center, um, you know, if you draft a guy late in the first round, early in the second round, I think John Michael's one of those guys that you just are going to think, all right, well, this is a guy that can be a 10 year starter in the NFL for us. And obviously that's a great feather in the cap for, for John Michael Schmitz, who if you go all the way back, Todd, he was a commit to PJ Fleck at Western Michigan. Wow. He did not have, he did not have any big 10 offers per se. And when Fleck got the job here, they, um, they had a discussion and he said, you know, do you want to join me there? And he did. So, um, went from a commit to Western Michigan to uh, here we are the rest of the story and um, likely going to be a late first or early second round pick in the draft in April. He wasn't the only one of those guys, right? I mean, Tanner Morgan did that. Was there anybody else? Yeah, so there were a few. Chris Altman-Bell was Uh committed to Western Michigan. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim was on the verge of committing to Western Michigan. He had no high major offers either. Um, and uh, while he wasn't officially committed, it sounded like he was he was well on his way to being a Western Michigan commit. Asazia Tomiwo, who spent last year with the Vikings as uh, kind of their reserve defensive end, and actually got a little bit of playing time late in the year. He was um, he was he was always on the roster. In other words, he was not on the practice squad. So think about I, I joke with Fleck occasionally that, you know, think about how good that Western Michigan team would have been with that kind of yeah. grouping of talent. Um, there, there were two or three others that came over with, and um, a few of them didn't stick it out um, or, or, or moved on or what have you. But, yeah, I, I, I want to say it's – I think it was five or six, maybe huh. seven uh, commits that had um, that had – you know, come along and Morgan and Almond Bell and John Michael Schmitz and Asazia told me, well, I think those were the headliners. And then you really technically can't count Ibrahim in there, but um, he was, he was on the verge of probably being a Western Michigan recruit as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's an interesting name uh, for the draft coming up. Running backs seem to be devalued by the NFL a little bit uh, these days, at least in terms of uh, first-rounders. They aren't as common, although there may be one or two, I guess, this year. Um, but Mo, you know, he's certainly somebody for character and toughness. He, he's at the top of the list. He just lacks a little of that top-end speed. Is that something he can overcome and make his way onto an NFL roster? I, I think he'll be on an NFL team, um, you know, whether he's a, you know, he's not going to be a first round pick, like you said, um, it, just because he just doesn't have that, you know, sprinter speed that, you know, is part of the package in the NFL. Um, you know, there's 32 basically starting running backs in the NFL. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably 10 that, um, you know, are, uh, you know, kind of quote unquote getting along, but they're not, you know, uh, you know, Olympians in terms of speed, but uh, f- unfortunately for Ibrahim, he just, that's not part of his game in the sense of a game breaker. He's not what Adrian Peterson was where, you know, when he popped it, he was gone. In fact, remember he had the 263 against Iowa, which was an, an incredible day. 
Um, and he probably would have had 300 plus had he had sprinter speed and Minnesota would have won that game. Um, and, but my joke is had he had sprinter speed, he did be in his third year in the NFL, right? Right. Six year player. So, um, you know, it was kind of a, a give and take on one sense. If you're a gopher fan, you're like, okay, that's all right. You got another year, another two or whatever. Um, but if you're Ibrahim and, and a fan of his personally, and you're hoping he is a big, uh, you know, a big NFL guy, um, then you, you, yeah, you want him to, to, to be faster and you want him to, to turn in a really good run. Um, that said, I, I do, I just, I just find it hard to believe that a guy like that who was so productive, all time leading rusher in Minnesota history, um, you know, who in his career here started, uh, you know, his, his first year, he was on the scout team, didn't yeah. play a game his freshman year. Um, and then, uh, you know, started to kind of knock on the door a little bit. And it, and even then it took injuries to Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks for him to get a real shot as a redshirt freshman. And he kind of had a breakout game at Ohio state. And then he had a big sophomore year and, um, and then Rodney Smith was back. Uh, and, and so, you know, he, he's just been a grinder and, and in terms of quality of person and leadership, I mean, he is, he is one of the best leaders I've ever seen on any sports team and any team I've covered. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, his, the, his teammates love him. And so I think with all of that, and again, he was a, he, he did play special teams some, um, uh, throughout that time. And I think that that could be a, a factor in that. Hey, if he can be a, a special teams NFL contributor, uh, you can find your way onto a roster and um, and then hope for your chance. And and that's where he's at. I I think he'll get drafted. I think it'll be late though. Um, the other thing is he's twenty three. He might even be twenty four now. And as weird as it is in in NFL terms, that's old. That's that uh, you know some teams could shy away from him. I think there is something to it, though, that can work in his favor in that in late round, you know, that's a late round pick. You know, he's he's really kind of at that prime age. So you're going to get, you know, a guy that can be a factor, I think, um, at his prime age on a rookie contract. So, um, you know, if it's if he were, um, you know, if he did run, say, a four four and he was a first or second round pick. I think he'd be penalized a little bit because of his age, but I think because we already can see that he'll be a later pick, um, there's some weird value there that that he's at peak physical right now age, and you're going to get him on a rookie contract. So, um, I you know I, I think in a weird way that helps him a little bit in this case, knowing he won't be you know a first round pick. So he didn't run the forty at the pro day yesterday then. Uh, that's a good question. I you know that it's so crazy with all the stuff going on. Um, uh, I, I know there were some guys that did not. I know Terrell Smith did not. I know I don't think even John Michael did, but those guys were at the combine, um, and and Mo was too. So I, I don't know the answer if he did or not. I can't. I didn't see it, um, and I honestly haven't. You know, I'm sure there's some stuff in the newspaper, but I haven't had a chance to pick that up yet today or not. So I can't. I can't speak to that. Another intriguing guy to watch would be Tanner Morgan. So he was a first round pick. Was that in the USFL or the XFL where he went to yeah, the first round? I, for, I forget which yeah. one it was, um, but I think it was. I think it was a USFL. And you know, the, I've seen. I've been thumbing through the channels, and as you know, I was in St. Louis for a time, and mm-hmm. you know, the NFL, you know, treated that city like dirt, and um, yep. and uh, they got. I think it's the 
forget is it battle cats or something okay. <laughs> Louis, I, I forget the name of them but they they um they drew like 50,000 uh the other day really? because yeah because St. Louis fans are um you know there's no NFL there anymore yeah. and they uh are it is a football town it really I mean it's a baseball town but um there are a lot of football fans there and um and so and apparently they they have off to a nice start and honestly I can't remember if that I think that's USFL, but there's also an XFL going now, and I can't keep them straight. But um, uh, I did chat with Tanner briefly yesterday. He saw me kind of standing off to the side, and he's such a good kid. And, you know, when you interview a guy as many times as I have him, uh, he comes over and, you know, gives me the fist bump, and I ask him how it was going because he's been working out with his training group as well. And he played in two All-Star games, and um, – and you know what? I talked to someone yesterday with the Gopher program um, who, you know, does uh, talk a lot to scouts. Uh, he, that's part of his job on staff mm-hmm. uh, is he's kind of the liaison or one of the liaisons. And he said that in a weird way, what Brock Purdy did last year for the, or for the uh, Niners um, is helping Tanner Morgan because the one thing everyone said was, well, he, you know, Brock Purdy came in and, um, you know, led them all the way to the champion NFC championship game. And if he doesn't get hurt, they might have made the Super Bowl right in mm-hmm. uh, last year. And like a rookie, the last pick of the draft, what, what did he have? The scouts always want to evaluate, like, how did we all miss? He was the last pick of the draft and everyone's like, well, he, what he had was experience. He was a four year starter at Iowa state. Uh, he also was like 23 years old or whatever, had a good productive career. Um, was was never first team all conference, but but played at an all conference kind of level and uh, at certain times. And all of a sudden, they realized he was a third or fourth string quarterback to start the year. But because he had all that starting experience, um, he became a valuable commodity. And 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 Morgan has that. I don't know exactly off the top of my head how many games he started, but he was a four plus year starter, uh, winning his quarterback in school history. Smart guy. And um, that I think I do think that um, he's going to find his way onto an NFL roster just for that purpose. Um, he'll likely be, you know, they keep three, um, and sometimes they put one on a practice squad, and so somehow he could easily find himself there because of the experience. And then PJ Fleck yesterday in a separate discussion that um, I had with someone, uh, or that we had, there was a, it wasn't just me. There was a group of reporters there. Sure. Um, Fleck commented that, um, that, that there has also been kind of a value and, and we've seen it with the Vikings and cousins. Remember um, uh, what was this guy's name? Was it Sean Mannion was the, yeah. was the backup for, for a couple of years yep. that, that part of why he kept coming back was cousins liked him because he helped him in prep and the guy knew what he was doing. And now this Nick Mullins, who they re-signed yesterday, apparently cousins like that from uh, last year that he was good. And so uh, Flex said that he has talked to some NFL people. And um, if, even if he doesn't play it down, if he's the third string quarterback, they think he can be a help in the quarterback room, helping the starter get ready. Sure. So I think, he'll, you know, in a weird way, I think he'll find his way onto a roster, which would be great for the young man who, who's, who's married all, already. We right. talked about that before. And, um, you know, he can earn an NFL paycheck uh, at a young age. Uh, that would be great for him. Almost kind of a player slash coach in a way, if he's a yeah. kind of a quarterback whisperer a little bit for a starter like that, like you just yeah. talked about with Mannion and those guys. So Yeah, no, no question, no yeah. question. I mean, so. intangibles off the charts. So, you know, they always talk about chemistry and character they want. Well, Tanner Morgan is the epitome of that. 
Yeah, he's such a high character guy. There's, the, I mean, they're, they're, that's the thing. The other thing is with those third stringers, um, you know, there are times where you just need a guy too, like the starter. I mean, even like in training camp, you know, it, it, like okay, the starter, um, you know, it's it's July, it's ninety degrees, and he he threw you know four hundred footballs yesterday around. We're gonna let him rest. Well, we need arms. The receivers mm-hmm. still need to catch passes, and so just to have guys you know around, and I, I don't want to minimize. Um, but everyone can have a role and, um, you know, uh, you know, there, there's always, uh, all the way back to me even covering when I used to go cover the St. Louis Rams when they were in town, uh, that was my first, you know, covering an NFL team in the early two thousands. Um, they would always bring in an extra quarterback. They just call it a camp arm. And if you, you know, I think he can be better than just a camp arm, but, um, there's always some value somewhere. And I think, like I said, the Brock Purdy deal, uh, will help a guy like that because you're right, those intangibles with what Tanner's been through, uh, with, with what he's seen at a Big Ten level, um, you know, that, that, that's going to be valued by certain teams. There's no doubt about it. Go for women's hockey team in the Frozen Four. Give me about a one-minute uh, preview of this weekend's uh, women's hockey. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it's likely that they will have the exact same path to a national title that they had two weeks ago for the WCHA title. The Frozen Four, three of the four teams are from the WCHA. There you go. Minnesota won the WCHA title in the play. They're the playoffs for the for that postseason tournament by beating Wisconsin in the semis and Ohio State in the finals. Minnesota beat them both, won the trophy. And this this week, guess what? Tomorrow it's Min- it's a Wisconsin and Minnesota for the semis, and then Ohio State on the other side against Northeastern. Ohio State's ranked one, so it could be that it's a repeat. And um, in a weird way, it's like, well, you, you got the same path to win the national title as you have had to win the the conference tournament title so they're playing at a high level they're confident um i was on campus like i said for the pro day yesterday and before that i i, I stopped by and talked to a, a couple of the gopher hockey players and they uh, they're excited they have not won a title since 2016 you yeah. know and, that, and, and that, so it's been a minute um and um, this is certainly a team that's capable of doing it but it's a tough deal uh wisconsin uh, had had their number up until that semifinal game. Minnesota was 0-2-2 against uh, two overtime losses and two regulation losses against uh, Wisconsin uh, in the regular season, and they pretty well handled them in that semifinal game, so I think they feel good about it. What's next for the Gopher men's hockey team? Gopher men have a sellout Saturday night. It's the Big Ten Championship. Minnesota's ranked one in the country for men. Michigan's ranked fourth. Uh, I, I think most college hockey pundits would agree those are the two most talented teams, the most NFL or NFL NHL ready guys. Yeah. Um, and they're going to play for the uh, Big Ten Championship as they have the last three years. And Minnesota has lost both. And I think the Gophers feel good about it. It really doesn't mean much. I think the Gophers have the top seed locked up for the following week's opening round of the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. just because they have been so good for the entire year. Um, but it should be a good one. It's a gold out. Everyone's asked to wear gold on Saturday Great. night at 3 and Marina at Mariucci. Yeah. Grimmer, thanks so much for joining us, as always. You got it. Always enjoy it, Todd. Thank you. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.